It's not often that you see a king nailed to a cross. Certainly not if he's still reigning. And yet that is the shocking picture described in today's gospel lesson. Jesus Christ, our king, on a cross. Today is Christ the King Sunday, also known as Reign of Christ Sunday, and it's the last Sunday of the liturgical year. Christ the King Sunday is a relative newcomer to the liturgical calendar of the Western Christian Church. It was instituted in the Roman Catholic Church by Pope Pius XI in 1925, and it's been adapted and modified since then. Pius's intention in initiating the festival was to help Christians remember and practice their allegiance to Christ amid a growing number of calls for allegiance from other quarters. Today we hear such calls from states and governments, from product vendors, from media networks, schools, clubs, political parties, and sports teams, among many others. And so, seeing the need, and in solidarity with our sisters and brothers in the Roman Communion, we too call this last Sunday of the church year, Christ the King. Jesus Christ is our King and commands our allegiance even from the cross. He is our King who leads from the front, the trailblazer of our faith, who has gone before us and opened to us the kingdom of heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Christ our King is also our brother, having joined us here on earth as one of us, becoming a man, fully human. He has borne the joys and sorrows of human life, taking on our sin and conferring on us the righteousness of God, humbling himself in obedience to God, even to the point of death on a cross, at the hands of us, the people he came to save. Our sin is the reason that we find our king on a cross in today's gospel lesson. To put our sin to death, he subjected himself to death. In Jesus, God the Son made himself God's servant. For our sake, our king took on that role, including its suffering, willingly. Listen to how Isaiah 52 and 53 describe that servant. Saying, Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted." End quote. 
No wonder, reading the gospel accounts of Jesus' life and death, we find it so difficult to recognize him as a king. He's no conventional kind of king, thirsty for power, territory, and resources, and eager to compel others to do his bidding. No, the king to whom we owe our allegiance came in his own words, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Isaiah 53 continues its description of our servant king in verses 5 and 6 saying, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's strange enough to think of such a man hanging on a cross, a victim of his own people, as a king. How much stranger it is then that this is also our God. Wounded, suffering, and subject to a violent and in the eyes of many a pointless death. But this is who our epistle lesson tells, Jesus, tells us that Jesus is. For in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on heaven, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. No other religion portrays God this way. In fact, to do so would be considered offensive, even blasphemous, as I learned from some of my Muslim friends. Jesus on the cross is offensive to Buddhists because he's not trying to avoid suffering by freeing himself from desire. Instead, he embraces suffering out of his intense love and desire for reconciliation with us. Jesus on the cross was not the Messiah that many in Israel had come to expect. Ironically, it was by accusing Jesus of being a king and thus a threat to Roman rule that his enemies convinced Pontius Pilate to crucify him. Recall how Jesus was regarded by those present at his crucifixion. Luke writes in chapter 23, verses 35 through 38, And the people stood by, watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. And the soldiers also, they mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And there was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. As if to say, no king shows up in Caesar's empire and lives to tell about it. If you'd like to get an idea of just how puzzling and bizarre Christianity can seem to people encountering our crucified God and King for the first time, I highly recommend Shusako Endo's excellent novel, The Samurai, an early and very apt title of which was The Man Who Met a King. 
Today, on Christ the King Sunday, we remember that Jesus, our King, came cloaked in humility. He lived among us as one of us, endured the pain of life even to the point of crucifixion and death, and won for us victory over our mortal enemies of sin and death. Through baptism into his death and resurrection, God makes us citizens of his kingdom. And that has implications for how we live. Jesus Christ is the king to whom we owe our lives and our allegiance, above every competing authority and commitment. His kingdom is not of this world, but it is most certainly in this world. Christ our King came to plant his flag here among us and to defeat sin and death so that we might live as citizens of his kingdom. And according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, we are his ambassadors. God's kingdom is not identical or subsidiary to the other kingdoms and allegiances in which we live, nor does it have nothing to say to them. God cares about what happens in his world, and we have the privilege of serving him here. If you'd like to hear more about what it means to navigate allegiances as citizens of God's kingdom living in the world, I encourage you to listen online to the sermon from Christ the King Sunday last year, November 21st, 2021. From the helpless infant we see at Christmas time to the condemned man suffering on the cross, Jesus Christ is a king of no common order. He is not a tyrant, but a servant. Not an exploiter, but a savior. Not above the fray, but right down in it. In him, we live and move and have our being. He created us, came to us, died for us to redeem us, and is the firstborn of the dead. Tethered to him in holy baptism and following him to the place that he is preparing for us, we also will rise from death to be united with him. Therefore, his promise to the sinner on the cross next to him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise, is to sinners like us too. Thanks be to God.